We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Mike. And rarely on the eve of a new season do both conferences get shaken up quite as much as they did yesterday as Damian Lillard gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, DeAndre Ayton and Drew Holiday end up on the Blazers. Yusuf Nurkic and some spare change goes to Phoenix as well. Mike, this is big news that shakes up the top of both conferences, man. What do you think about Dame to Milwaukee? Very exciting from an NBA just fan perspective and fun to think about all of the machinations about which team gets a little better, which gets a little worse. Does this change the title rates? All that kind of stuff. And I think, Pete, I haven't really come off my initial impulse about it, which is really like it for Portland like it a lot for Milwaukee and don't like it at all for Phoenix. I have softened that a little bit on Phoenix after just uh, reading some things and listening to a couple podcasts about kind of what the perspective had gotten to be there for the Suns. But I just to bring the Lakers reaction to this immediately, like I do think that in the short term, it helps the Lakers uh, in, in the way that the Western conference shapes up, because as I keep talking about, like I did like what Phoenix had going into this season. And I liked the idea. Part of this was Pete that I I trust that Frank Vogel was going to Mm -hmm. get more out of Deandre Ayton than he had given last year. And if we remember Ayton was really good when the Suns went to the finals two years ago, he was kind of a key piece. And Mm -hmm. then something happened, whether it was with the, his teammates or his coaches or whatever it was. And he wasn't playing. If you just pull up the clips, which I know you have recently of Ayton last year, a lot of it didn't look great, Mm -hmm. but the talent in the size and in him being kind of the one rim to turn on that roster uh, for a team that is otherwise a little bit slight in that instance. And I'm now what I'm trying to do, Pete, is not go into the same mode that I went in with Denver last year in, in the whole, ah, they can't protect the rim in the postseason because of Jokic. And, and he's Jokic sort of taught us that it could be done um, if with a certain amount of effort and a certain amount of taking up space in there. And Yusuf Nurkic, who goes over from Portland in this move, uh, as you mentioned, to Phoenix, there is a little bit of that in there. He is large. He does take up some space, but I, I don't think he's as good even as Jokic in, uh, in the middle. And that would be my main concern is that 
you know, Drew Eubanks is now like the best rim threat uh, from a defensive standpoint for Phoenix. But to me, that is good news for the Lakers and for the Nuggets, two two, two teams that score a lot at the rim. And uh, that's uh, we'll get to all the other stuff. Like certainly what Dame does in Milwaukee, like that's fun. But I, I'm curious for your Lakers reaction and how this impacts uh, what the Lakers are looking at in the Western Conference. Yeah, I think it makes our our lot in the West a, a little bit better. Uh, I We started from, I think, different points on Aiton. That was the, I think, fundamental point of disagreement. And I, I totally see where you were coming from. Aiton's a super talented guy who I think is going to do very well in Portland. I was extremely skeptical that he was interested in being kind of a dirty work five for three jump shooter score type of guys. And they really needed him to be that kind of like defensive, you know, uh, anchor. And I think he's been wanting to spread his wings a little bit and be one of the featured options in which I think uh, Portland is a good fit for him in that respect. And uh, like you said, Eubanks is their best rim protector. I actually wonder the minute split there. I think there's a decent chance he ends up getting, you know, even more minutes than, than Nurkic does. The thing about, uh, about Vogel's scheme is that he always wants his guards to go over the top of, of a screen and you need strong physical guards to be able to do that. Now, Devin Booker can do that, right? And he has, he's that type of guy. I don't love like having my star do that on be the main guy to do that on an 82 game basis. Beal isn't really that type of guy. Jordan Goodwin is, but he's coming off of the bench, right? And you lose a lot on the offensive end in that respect. And then in terms of the big, he's usually in a no roller behind coverage, which we've been talking a lot lately. What do you think about Grayson Allen on that, on that <laughs> front? Because uh, that's who comes in. Yeah, Grayson Allen would like he's okay, but he's also he's small, right? He's somebody that in the playoffs, especially will get targeted just for the physical, you know, aspects of his game that he doesn't quite have. And so, um, and then, yeah, from that big man spot defensively, it's usually a no roller behind coverage, which is, we've been talking about this a lot lately about the ability to jump from a standing position. And that's something that Aiton, I mean, Aiton played 30 plus minutes last year and didn't even block one shot per game. Same tr- was true about the season before, but he had more, at least capability to do it. Nurkic has had some leg injuries, Mike, and, you know, getting a little, he's almost 30 now. And having seen him like defend over the last couple of years, like I, I think that there's going to be a lot of points available at the rim. I think Eubanks is their guy that really makes it work a lot better than he will. You know, the part of it that I still need to understand better and that it's just the cap math behind Phoenix in this unique build and the second apron and moving out a player in Aiden that was going to be making a, a more significant chunk of money at one time versus having it split up now with Nurkic, who's making about half that much. Nasir Little, who actually I like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's a massive difference maker, but he's okay. He showed some signs last year. And so now Phoenix has more players. And I wonder that at the next trade deadline now, you know, can they package, not that they have any picks to attach to it, but can they package Nurk and some of their other middle mm-hmm. type salaries to get more of a defensive uh, a presence, right? That does fit in Vogel's scheme and that does work around with some of those other players. So that's, I'm holding out something there for Phoenix. Some, much in the way that when the like the Lakers roster last season, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, well, this isn't going to work. But there is this one, as you keep kept pointing out with with how much Russ was making, there is this one opportunity to actually get a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um, if you can find the right partner. So there's part of that that goes there. And clearly, whether it was Booker or uh, James Jones or like some, whether it was from the player side or the management side. The whole Aiton experiment and Mm -hmm. what you had alluded to is the way that he wants to play relative to the way that he was playing or that they wanted they wanted him to play was not working out great. 
I just would have loved to seen what the new head coach that sure. I brought in, whose job it is to do that and who has done it in the past and who is has a nice like Frank has a really um, it's sincere, but mm-hmm. in genuine, but also strong, like with players mm-hmm. and, and, and but not in a jerk type of way. So that was what I wanted to see. If if like from Phoenix actually maximizing it. But again, from the Lakers standpoint, I just think that that's a good thing. And there are once we do the matchups, if it's a series mm-hmm. that they actually get to them in a series, I think that could be a fatal type of a weakness. Yep. You know, whereas for the Lakers, the way that they would lose that series is if you had, you know, KD and Booker and Beal all shooting the ball really well. And it was just that it, I don't think it's going to be because they're, you know, getting to the rim too mm-hmm. often. Right? right. Or because there there is this specific weakness or perimeter defense isn't quite good enough, mm-hmm. like where the Lakers don't end up having the personnel then to stick with that many guys, which could be somewhat of an issue uh, issue in that kind of a matchup. But let's let's kind of back up from the specific Lakers Phoenix matchup for the moment. Um, yeah. And I'm just curious, your first reaction, like for the Dame part of this um, leaving yeah. Portland. I've never, I haven't been to Portland since when did you get drafted? 2013. Uh, yeah. 2013 and not had Dame Lillard as kind of the guy there. Right. right. He, he, that was what it was all about. So that's different. And now he goes to Milwaukee and, and it's exciting to have him think of having a pair with the honest, like what was your top line reaction when you saw it? Yeah. It's just the, the insane gravity. Like remember last year we were talking so much about the need for a skilled guard because LeBron and AD put gravity in one direction that you need a sort of counter gravity to balance it out. Like Giannis's gravity toward the rim with Dame's gravity on the perimeter, just as a basketball fan, I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be an incredible two-man game, right? Like when you watched Milwaukee in the playoffs, they were very predictable in that a lot of it, the time it's like Giannis at the top of the key and trying to drive to the rim from either the slot or or, or the top, right? They'd post him up occasionally, but not a lot of diversity in terms of their their uh, offense. And it's funny because they've kind of like flipped their problems in that I feel like they're, they needed a guy like Dame. I mean, who doesn't, right? But they needed a guy like Dame, a perimeter threat that was better than Chris Middleton or, or Drew Holiday on offense to really ungunk that and, and make them a lot less pre- uh, predictable on offense. Now, I feel like they need a Drew Holiday, right? Like they need a point of attack defender. When you look at their roster, like who are, who's their starter next to Dame? Is it Connaughton? Is it Beasley, right? They've got some questions in that respect. And that's part of, you bring uh, Phoenix up in this respect about how I think they're having kind of like tryouts this first part of the year and that they got a whole bunch of dudes that it's like, yeah, I like that guy on a vet minimum type of guy. And all they need is like three or four of them to to hit, which is a lot, right? But they still have moves to make. I think Milwaukee's in a similar boat. Uh, Golden State, same type of thing. Drew Holiday is now probably kind of floating out in the ether of the trade market. Uh, and I think he's going to draw a lot of interest from a lot of teams. And so my my point is that I don't think this trade season is done, Mike. I think this is kind of a prelude to what's going to happen at the trade deadline. Oh, 100%. And when you think about Drew Holiday, Pete, there are, I don't know, 28 teams where he's a nice fit in the backcourt because he's oh, yeah. he's the type of low usage if you ask him to be on offense. He can pick up his usage, but he's not as efficient in that context. But he certainly defends. Mm-hmm. He defends up if you want him to. He can defend one, twos, threes, and some fours. Uh, because of how strength, uh, how strong he is. So there have to be a lot of phone calls being made. And that's that's part of the reason why I like the deal so much for Portland. And it's also part of the reason why I don't quite understand the Phoenix piece. So if if Portland knows they can essentially trade Nurkic uh, and Little 
And then Grayson Allen gets looped in via Milwaukee, but a player of, you know, a, a rotation bench guard could have been replaced by any kind of team. I think that's on a similar salary to Allen that you knew you were going to get Aiden for that. And then holiday is going to end up being the piece coming over uh, where, you know, that you can either, even in a worst case, not worst case scenario, but even in mm-hmm. some scenarios, you could keep him and have him, your team's going to be uh, actually pretty decent. Now, not decent enough to probably make the playoffs, but, or you could flip him for what's going to end up being two first round picks, maybe a young player, something mm-hmm. like that. I think several teams are willing to give that up. And then now to bring the Lakers back into this, how much of a difference does it make if he finds his way on a team like the Warriors or the Clippers or the Kings, you know, one of these teams mm-hmm. that, or the Pelicans, uh, the Timberwolves, like one of these teams that are, that are right there that I would have had in that tier below where that initial Lakers nuggets um, and Suns tier was, that's a big deal. Uh, Holiday is a difference maker. Uh, he is an all NBA caliber player, uh, even with a couple of weaknesses on the offensive end. So that's the to be continued element of this cannot be ignored at all. Absolutely. Uh, let's take a break. Come back. I want to talk about the Portland end of the trade. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So often over the last decade or so of the NBA, when stars get traded, it's 
usually for a package of draft picks and young players, right? And when I say young players, it's like rookie contract type of guys. And I feel like I really like the approach that Portland took of like, let's get two good established players. Like, yes, they're on their their grown-up NBA contracts and and that's going to have an impact. But I like the idea of putting – and obviously they may be flipping Holiday, right? But but putting a vet next to Scoot, giving him a role man that's that can finish above the rim, right? Trying to compete and establish a bit of a culture where it's like, yeah, maybe they don't make the playoffs, but those are good seasons like to, to build on, right? And it's just nice to see not just the, oh, we're trading our stars, so we're going to strip everything for parts and, and liquidate everything. I, I really like the approach that Portland took. That fits a lot with what I've been thinking about lately, too, just with how talented the league is overall and how many players are available um, out there that have requisite talent. And if you exchange that thought to even 10 years ago, maybe the talent isn't quite as high overall. And you do have some of those younger teams or some of those teams that are just thinking that the way to tank is to have the worst possible roster that they can have. And the only thing, Pete, that goes against that. So Portland, let's say let's say even if they do keep Drew Holiday, which I don't think they will, but they go through the season and they're they're competing and they're they're at least decent, kind of like Utah was last year, where it's this hodgepodge of guys uh-huh. and and then since so many teams are because in part of the plan, so many teams are trying to compete in the other direction and are trying to get in and are trying to have a shot. You can basically tank without tanking or you can rebuild without rebuilding where you're competitive. And that's good for everybody where I what I yep. don't know, though, is like what what Portland did last year in shutting Dame down, which is how they got really bad and how they end up getting the pick that they got. That is now, in theory, not going to be allowed by the league uh, with the new rules. And so. I'm curious as to how all that plays out uh, as as like if teams have players that are a little bit better and they're going to, you know, cite the back injury or, you know, cite the the, the tenderness in a certain muscle. That's interesting to me, but I do think that it's overall still better for the league to have as many teams be competitive when you go in the gym. Uh, and then, you know, if if that team is three wins away from the lottery versus three losses away from the lottery that in April, that those things can kind of fall into place nonetheless. Very much so. And that's something that I think the league really prioritized a few years ago is like, hey, half not half the league, but way too many of the teams in the league are not actively trying to win the games. And that's bad for the, the product. And I think that they've done a really good job between and credit to the plan for this, most certainly, uh, but also the smoothing of the lottery odds, right? Like you you can tank all you want. You could win zero games and you've got, what, a 14, 15% chance of getting the number one pick, which historically the tanking has been for not just a top guy, but it's like one of those years like 97 where it's freaking Tim Duncan's coming into the draft. And I remember David Robinson was good to go by, you know, yeah. before the end of that season. And he was like, nah, you, you go ahead and you, you get healthy. We're going to see if we can get Duncan. And and they did, and it became a dynasty. For sure. Another part of this trade that we haven't talked about yet that just was was interesting to me, because I've seen some reporting about this whole Miami-Portland thing. And mm-hmm. basically, like Miami's offer, which which a couple of months ago may have even been better than what was reported. Like, had they included all three firsts um, and Tyler Hero, like, and um some other some other, I guess it would have been like Jovich, maybe their 22 first round pick some swaps that to me is probably better than the Milwaukee offer without including Aiton, who would, again, it sounds like they Portland could have just gotten that from Phoenix anyway, because they were trying to get rid of Aiton. Right. So then Portland, why does Portland not do that? Well, I guess they didn't 
for the appearances or they didn't want the appearances to be that they just took Dame's requested team uh, and almost got strong-armed into it, even if it Mm -hmm. were the best offer. And that's just interesting to me. And thinking about the sliding doors and how different, instead of Milwaukee being the favorite, then Miami is the favorite. And how much do we trust Miami to add a couple of vets and put them into spots, like certainly Spo, right, versus the the rookie coach um, that's going into Milwaukee. And now, well, that hasn't happened. Okay, so can, is Miami very upset about this and are they still going to call about drew holiday and yeah that that part of things is just intriguing to me as well so had had you thought about miami in this context is it sort of not worth the time at this point since it didn't happen uh and how good do you think milwaukee is relative to boston and miami who i know you've always loved in 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 boston you're not quite as high on as some so what's your eastern conference quick take yeah, that's funny. I was just going to ask you that. Um, I I do think it puts Milwaukee in in the driver's seat. Uh, I think that they will need to find a defender for the backcourt. They're in sort of a, a similar place to us in that I think that that offense is going to be just filthy. Um, and but I think they've got some defensive questions now. Having Lopez on the backline, having Giannis on the backline certainly helps, but it's not everything. Miami certainly comes out of this in an interesting spot, right? They lose Vincent, they lose Struess, they, sh- they sign Josh Richardson, who's a solid player, but um, I I was super curious by their even approach toward it, right? Like these, at least according to the reports, it was a very like, go out and find a better offer then. We're not going to offer more. And they were seemingly disinterested in Bradley Beal earlier in the year as well. Um, and so what is Miami going to do? They're, t- they're such a strong program and organization, right? In that Spolster has been there for so long. Riley's been there for so long that they really have something established in terms of this is how we do things. And so I I would not count them out in terms of being able to make a move, but I do think that they will need to make a move in order to get back to where they were. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Milwaukee's the clear favorite out East right now. Where do you stand on that? So I said I said I like it a lot, but not completely love it for Milwaukee. Just acknowledging the risk that they are is they're even more all in than Phoenix uh, because they they have basically traded everything that they can trade into the future. Uh, And Dame's salary is just a different level, even from holidays as to what's going to be coming in in two years and three years where we're getting up into like the sixty five million dollar category. And so I like I to me. I think a lot of people, when the trade happened, it's like, oh, well, this guarantees that Giannis stays long term. And, and I said, well, unless something happens or it doesn't go as well as one would have thought or they lose to a team you didn't think they would have. And then then there isn't really another great way to bring more talent into it um, with Middleton getting a little bit older and Lopez getting a little bit older. And they're not being um, they're not being that uh, that next series of guys like the Lakers acquired. Uh, last February that are younger and kind of still have some upside and still have some 82 game utility. So I just, and and with that said, I do it for a hundred percent of the time uh, because it's just worth it to have Dame come with Giannis and, and it's, uh, and so I, I, I get what they're doing. I just want to acknowledge that there's some real risk in it in terms of how they match up and how they play. Like, I don't think it's a shoe in, but yeah, I would have them as a slight favorite uh, coming out of the East and Philly is is not a team that I think is on that level um, unless they make a, a major move or two Miami, you just discussed. And so it really comes down to Boston. And and that's what I want to ask you, like Boston versus Milwaukee, what, what stands out? So one of the things about Boston is they're like top seven or eight guys or three of them are, are fives that don't 
move their feet particularly well on the perimeter. Now, Robert Williams certainly does better than Porzingis and Horford, but even then, he's a guy who, just as a five, will kind of get targeted in that respect. They're really, Steph is the only other guy in the league in Damian Lillard's class in terms of how high you have to show on the perimeter. And so, like, Lillard being guarded by, like, Porzingis on the perimeter or like Porzingis having to come up high, it's going to be so difficult for them to guard. And so I just think, I think Boston's going to have a tough time with them. And then, you know, in the, in the one-on-one matchups as well, I, I think that like this was a bad offseason to trade Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. I think part of what made Boston get to the finals a couple of years ago was their ability to switch and just, and be physical in certain ways. I think that they're, it's going to be really tough for them in that respect. Believe it or not, Mike, I don't see the best in in the Celtics uh, in this whole scenario. (laughs) Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, so I tend to agree. I, I do think that Derek White is really good um, in those kind of settings defensively, you know, and he's going to be the guy that's out there. And then you do have Tatum and Brown, who are very good um, in that context as well. And then it's, you know, Robert Williams, if he's healthy, right, he's one of the bodies that can go out to the perimeter and it becomes who's that who's that other swing spot? Because I agree that that's a tough ask for Porzingis um, out there. That's it, it. Ken L. Horford at his age, right, still move enough. But here's the difference in what you just you just mentioned. Like I'm thinking about Dame in the context of the Lakers series in first round, in which we alluded to yesterday. Yesterday's sure. round. But so Portland won Game One, and it was only because the Lakers missed 75 wide open shots. Yeah, you know. Yes. And they had, and then they kicked their ass in the in the next four games. But what they did, and and this is what I don't know that they could have done if Giannis was the rolling big. Like Nurkic was the big or the rolling big there. And so the Lakers were like, go ahead. You want to give him the ball in like the mid post? And it like yep. they just trapped the hell out of Dame. They swarmed him uh, with bodies like KCP and Caruso. And they're just like Portland's offense was essentially, essentially suffocated at that point. Well, if you want to send and, and this is where I want to bring Steph into it. Steph has never had a player like Giannis either Mm -hmm. because Draymond Draymond does some great work in the short role but it says a a passer like it's the it's going to be the next pass well now if you're gonna if you're gonna aggressively trap Dame then how how hard is it for him to just get Giannis the ball in that uh, that's the part of the of this that I think that's just from an NBA curiosity standpoint is exciting yes um and I don't know that we've seen a combo because even like Murray and Jokic doesn't doesn't qualify like that. Has AD ever had somebody with that kind of gravity? 
on uh, from an offensive standpoint? No, but no. imagine it, right? Imagine if Steph were running that play with uh, with um, with AD. So that's the part of this that I don't know. Even Boston with their personnel, how they sort of defend. And if you're not going to trap Dame, then it's just like he can pull up and hit seven yeah. threes. So yeah, that that part is enticing, and that's kind of the reason with all of the risk. I think that you do it, and you you give Milwaukee that first that with the risk and with all the old guys yep. and without much behind it, uh, you give you give it a shot. I, absolutely, and with the way that Giannis was talking too, I agree with your point that like it doesn't guarantee that he stays, but it certainly sounded like if they kept the status quo that things were not on a good track. You can certainly look Giannis in the eye and be like, "Hey, we got you, Damian Lillard," you know, and uh, you know, go do something with that. Yeah. So. Uh, I am very excited to watch that duo do their thing out east instead of in the Western Conference. And yeah, we just wanted to drop a quick little pod, quick reaction. We have uh, Robin Darvin, our talk in the media today. We will be back tomorrow to discuss that. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. They win. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Let's go. Unbelievable. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.